Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. Have you ever noticed that in everybody's group of friends, there's always that one guy who seems to have their shit together a little bit more than everybody else? In my group of friends, that was Josh. And Josh is our guest today. He joins us. He's going to talk about how he's become a master in the kitchen. We're going to talk about his process of buying a house in Anchorage, Alaska, where the housing market isn't as friendly as some other places. We're also going to talk about why it's important to have a positive outlook on life. If you like what you hear, share us with a friend, follow us on Spotify, give us a review on Apple. You know the drill. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Josh. Hope you enjoy Josh, man, it's good to see you. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Doing okay. Hanging in there. I got my I got my whiskey and I, I'm ready to go. What are you drinking on tonight? So don't don't tell Nathan. I, I listened to his episode a while back. Uh, I am actually drinking a, a nice cold Coors Light. Uh, not the microbrew goodness, but it'll do. Silver Bullet, man. Mm-hmm. It's all good. So is yep. that is that kind of your go to Coors Light? Your go to or? Uh, kind of depends. Like when it's, you know, kind of in the summer up here, I know, I know it doesn't get like Nebraska hot, but just nice to have something real light, kind of refreshing, just easy drinking, you know, just not super heavy IPAs don't settle quite like they used to. So it's, uh, like to change it up a little bit. I know exactly what you mean about those (laughs) IPAs, man. I, I find myself drinking heavy beer, but I can only drink a couple anymore. I'd rather have a bush light especially if I'm, if I know that I would be drinking more than one beer, it's gotta be mm-hmm. Bush, Bush light or Coors light. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't really not like, not like the old days. Uh, you know, I, I don't really drink to get drunk anymore. I just enjoy having a beer, sipping on it and, you know, relaxing or just have one while I'm going around I'm doing whatever I'm doing in the summer, like working in the backyard on the grill, you know, just in the kitchen, just, just kind of a, just relaxing cathartic thing for me. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of kitchen, I, I've been reading your Instagram, watching your Instagram lately. The only pictures you ever post on your Instagram feed are of food. Is that something? Yeah. What? How did you get started into into making all this delicious food? I've always been into cooking. Like even when I was a, when I was a kid, I just I don't know. For was just always kind of intrigued by it. My parents always cooked, ate at home a lot. Didn't didn't really. I don't remember eating out a lot. Like when I was you know when I was growing up. Uh, so I just kind of started in there doing simple stuff, but, and, and actually like up at the, uh, kind of toward the end of high school, I took a culinary arts class at King career center. It's like a sort of like a tech high school, like elective class. You could classes, uh, you could take, uh, up here in Anchorage. Um, and I did culinary arts, I was just interested by it. And it was actually a super fun class. I learned a lot and really excelled. So really for a couple of years there, I was, I was seriously considering going to culinary school. Oh, you know, I didn't know I that. Obviously, didn't end up doing that. It's kind of ended up meeting you, kind of as I took a different path. But but that was the way it was looking there for a while. And and I really I just have a lot of fun in the kitchen. Things usually turn out pretty well. I I don't have a lot of I don't cook. I'll end up cooking a lot of food that I'm just like, oh, that was kind of disgusting. So I just kind of kept going with it and you know, improving. And then I Instagram came along and I was like, this is what. This is where my food belongs. I sit there taking pictures until it's cold, but you know, 
for the gram. It's worth <laughs> put, it. Put it back in the oven, warm it back up before you're ready to eat it. Yeah, usually by then I'm too hungry. I just go at it cold. It's probably really good warm. Probably. Where do you, So where do you get your recipes from? Is that stuff that, like, are they family recipes? Do you just have a go-to recipe site that you <clears throat> visit or, or what? Uh, it, it's kind of... It kind of depends just uh, what I'm feeling like. Really, I started I, kind of during college and everything. was just busy, wasn't at home a lot. And so I, I really didn't cook a lot. But after college, I started really trying to cook a lot a lot healthier, uh, uh, a lot more healthy food. Just gained a little bit of weight there. We're doing a little too much drinking, a little too much fast food, Not probably not enough exercise, definitely not enough exercise. Uh, so I found this app and this YouTube channel, really. It's called Fit Men Cook, which is really it's just dedicated to healthy recipes um healthy clean foods and so far it hasn't let me down everything i've cooked out of there has been a winner and that's really how i got back into into cooking after college and cooking a lot and nowadays it's you know i, I hit that one up a little bit i go uh, new york times cooking their app their their recipe collection is amazing that every everything in there is delicious from what i can tell and i've cooked out of it quite a bit <laughs> You know, I've got a Traeger, you know, so get out there and grill and smoke some meat and everything. Traeger app, uh, Traeger website's a great resource. And really, if you kind of have an idea of what you're looking for, Pinterest is a great uh, is a great resource as well. I've gotten a lot of a lot of recipes on there. And some of that's been I haven't had anything like super specific in mind. I just kind of was like, I wonder if anybody's done this before. And inevitably, somebody always has. So just kind of get like a base recipe up there, maybe make it once and then start making some tweaks or start yeah. experimenting a little bit. Yeah. Freestyling a little bit, make it your own kind of do whatever. I, I'm really bad at following recipes. I'll, I'll make something once and Sarah will ask me what I did. I don't know, man. I just threw <laughs> some stuff together, grabbed some things that maybe weren't supposed to be in there and just threw it in. That's just what I feel. I don't know. It's just how I want to do it. Do you do have times like yeah. that? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just kind of like looking at what I've got in the fridge or in the pantry. Like don't feel like making a grocery run or just have a bunch of, or have some stuff that I maybe, especially like vegetables and, and whatnot that I had like real high aspirations. I was just going to just go to town on vegetables that week and come the end of the week, all those vegetables are still there. I'm like, well, I got to figure out something to do with these. So it's, I do a lot more experimenting with, uh, just with different spices, spice mixes, just kind of seeing what works, what doesn't. And I don't write anything down. So most of the time I don't remember. So if I make a mistake, I probably make it multiple times. And also it doesn't really help that even when I'm following a recipe, unless I'm baking, I almost never measure anything. Like yeah. I just kind of eyeball it. I'm like, yeah, that looks good. And for the most part, it works out really well. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, might not have been the be my best move there, but it's well, edible. So yeah. And that's what really matters. It's edible. It's probably a little bit healthier for you since it's not filled with all the fat from restaurants and, and whatnot. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that you don't write it down though. I've been looking forward to the Josh cookbook. I've been, I've been waiting for <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. It's, you know, you're weirdly not the first person to say that. I actually ran into a uh, member Paula Bancaro yeah. from the journalism department. Yeah. I ran into her at a UAA alumni thing a while, you know, maybe in the fall and, like she was like having a semi-serious conversation with me about how I should write and how I should put together my own cookbook and kind of like written it, kind of like, you know, kind of written it off a little bit because mostly I'm just using other people's recipes or kind of riff on them a little bit. But I don't know, every once in a while when the maybe work is a little tough or not feeling real motivated, I'm like, 
Maybe that's how I make my millions. Hey, man, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm going about it the hard way. Couldn't you, uh, if you were if you were to make a cookbook, though, couldn't you say, hey, this is the original recipe from wherever, and I put my own spin on it? I guess I don't know how all that works, because recipes don't just appear from thin air, right? They have to be borrowed from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's very little out there, like in the in the food world that has that has never been done before. Maybe not that hasn't been done before, but the everything that comes up is built off of someone else's recipe or someone else's way of doing things. And, you know, a lot of times I think it's improving the recipe or improving the food. Sometimes it's subject a little bit of a subjective thing, you know, in your own taste buds. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't quite know how it all works either when, when it comes to like citing other recipes when, and making your own like official, you know, cookbook that you're, you know, could be making money off of, but, uh, I don't know. It's a thought. It's sitting there in the back of my head and we'll see. Maybe maybe through this uh all this coronavirus stuff when I'm at my house a lot more, maybe I'll finally get bored enough or motivated enough to <laughs> sit down and start typing. Nice. Well, once once that gets done, we'll have you back on. We can we can pip the crap out of it once you once you get it done. Sounds good. You'd be part of my official you know, media book tour. I'm in book media tour. There I'm we in. go. We can take our podcast on the road, podcast, cookbook promotion road trip oh man i don't think we would survive <laughs> no i mean i mean if you look at that trip we took to denver a couple years ago <laughs> went to a quote unquote music festival came home ate, ate dinner came back to the hotel room and were asleep watching hockey by like 8 30 oh my god i felt like such an old man on that trip but it was so much fun okay so we're in denver and it's this tacos what was it tacos and beer festival and they had all these different bands, like the Offspring were going to play and some of these other other <laughs> bands from, from our college days were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go. Well, of course, they put all the good bands like at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. But Josh and I get there, what was it, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's all free beer samples. So we're like, well, yeah, let's just go stand in line and get beer. And, of course, it's the heavy beer that we just got done talking about that we don't like to drink that much. Well, this is one of the instances that showed us that we probably shouldn't drink that heavy beer anymore because, as he said, we found a sports bar and ate dinner at a, like 6 o'clock and then got back to the hotel room and it was probably 8, 8.30 and watched some playoff hockey and fell asleep. It was, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not that ashamed. At least we were able to get up early and have a nice breakfast. <laughs> That's true, and that was a cool place. We got to we got to walk to the breakfast place. That was that was cool. So, Josh, you said that you cook on the Traeger a lot. Have you had a Traeger for a while? What are some of the favorite things that you've grilled on the Traeger? Yeah, I've had a Traeger for maybe three or four years now. Uh, it's mostly a summer thing for me. Now I've got like a little covered. Uh, I bought a house in November here, so I've got a little covered like deck area out back that. I can, it's a little easier to grill out during the winter, but I've cooked so much stuff on there. It's hard to, hard to really pick a favorite. Like I've done a bunch of, I did a brisket on there actually last summer, like really low and slow, like probably a big, like eight, like 16, 18 pound brisket, I think. And it, you know, got up basically early middle of the night, more or less to start it and just kept it going all day. We had a, a big barbecue, a bunch of people over in the later in the afternoon. And that is that is probably the single best thing I have ever cooked on that. Uh, definitely on the Traeger, but 
maybe ever. It was just, it was everything I dreamed a brisket could be. Um, and then, uh, I've done, uh, I've, I've done pull, pulled pork on there several times. I've done, uh, you know, smoked ribs, done a lot of steak and, and chicken and everything on there, like shrimp skewers. Uh, I did this, I had this, uh, Penang curry, like salmon that I did on there. Um, maybe last year, um, that was an epically good uh, seafood, you know, salmon meal for me. Uh, it was the sauce was great. It was cooked perfectly. It was probably one one of the other best things that that I've cooked. And then actually last winter, last last uh, Thanksgiving, I do you know what funny word? But do you know what uh, spatchcock is? No. Okay, so you do it with like whole birds. So like a lot of people do it with chicken, but you can do it with a turkey. But more essentially, you cut out the backbone which on a chicken is super easy on a turkey. Uh, it takes a little muscle, a little elbow grease, <laughs> uh, um, and don't use a good knife for it. And anyways, it's, it's kind of a beast, but essentially it lets you lay the bird out flat. So it cooks more evenly and actually a little bit faster. Hmm. So, uh, so I did, I've, I've done it with the chicken before and the over Thanksgiving, I did it with a whole turkey and, you know, turkeys are, pretty monstrous it took up my i have a small smaller traeger and it took up the entire thing basically but it's just spread out all across it and it's if you haven't tried it do you have a traeger i I feel like you do yeah we have one that we've had for six years probably nice yeah um you know you try with a chicken it you know you cook it cooks an entire chicken and maybe maybe an hour like at at most um which which is pretty which is pretty great i mean i think it's just one of the one of the plus sides of using that particular technique. And, and I've only done it a few times. I'm by no means an expert at it, but that, but the, but the, you doing that to the Turkey though was, I'm not really a big fan of, of Turkey, like Thanksgiving Turkey, like the roasted ones. It's just, they don't, it doesn't have a lot of flavor to me, to me. Thanksgiving's more about the sides, but that, uh, that Turkey is, I keep saying best a lot, um, when it comes to <laughs> cooking stuff on the Traeger, <laughs> but like that is the best turkey I've ever had. Uh, you know, it's still nice and, uh, juicy or, you know, if we want to trigger people moist, and, um, <laughs> uh, you know, the skin got the skin real crispy and just the, the flavors were great. Um, it was, would highly recommend giving it a try if you haven't already. And there's lots of recipes out there on the, either on the Traeger app or, um, yeah, I'm sure they're out there on, on Pinterest or just searching the internet too. Yeah, for sure. So when you're, when you're cooking things up, when you're thinking about what you want to make, do you have some go-tos like, Hey, I need to put something together in a pinch. It's a week night. I don't have a whole lot of time to mess around. This is what I'm making. Do you have that go-to dish? Yeah, I've got a few things I can, I can go to that, that don't take too long. I mean, really, the simplest one that doesn't require a uh, doesn't really need a recipe as long as you know how everything like the, the oven temperatures and how everything times out is uh, it's like a pan roasted. Uh, it's like a, a roasted bone in chicken thigh, essentially, is, is all it is. But it's just real simple, like just salt. You know, you want the you want the skin on bone in chicken thigh and, uh, you know, you you put it in, put it skin side. I use a cast iron pan. Uh, yep. for, for most of my roasting and just for a lot of things in general, it's just really easy. Um, so you put it on, you kind of, uh, saute it in coconut oil or whatever you've got, maybe canola or vegetable, or just, it doesn't really matter something with a higher smoke point and have that on the stove, kind of get the, start getting the, the skin a little crispy and then you pop it in the oven at, uh, 
I don't remember the temperature. I haven't made it in a little while. Uh, time hasn't really been an issue lately. I've been in my house a lot, but the, uh, Touché. um, but, uh, you throw it in the oven and, and then in the oven, it's only maybe 15, 18 minutes until, until that's done. You make up whatever sauce you want. If, if you want like a quick pan sauce or barbecue sauce or just whatever sounds good, whatever you've got, maybe saute up or roast a few veggies with it. And, and, uh, and you're ready to roll. Um, this winter I've had just cause you know, been stuck at home a lot more with all the, with the coronavirus stuff going on. So, you know, trying to be safe, but I've been working from home, fortunately, for probably more than two months now. And so I have a lot more time during the day, which has sort of changed the way that I cook Mm. or the way that I go about even just like making stuff or planning a menu or something for, for the weekdays. So on the New York times app, there's this Thai chicken meatball. It's a soup, I guess, but you serve it over rice or you can cauliflower rice if you're trying to go low carb or, you know, whatever sounds good, I guess. Um, which is super easy, super, as far as the stuff that I cook, it's pretty simple. There's, there's a couple more, maybe more specialty ingredients. Like there's like fish sauce in it and maybe ginger. It's not something that I always have laying around, but you know, it's a real quick trip. It's it's a real quick trip to the grocery store, really simple, super delicious. And it's, uh, it was really good in the winter, you know, it's, it's warm. So in kind of, kind of hearty, not like a stew hearty, I guess, but just depends how much rice you use. And then, uh, and really sort of the, I've got this, uh, tomato soup recipe also got it up New York times, like a Parmesan tomato soup. That is, it's incredibly easy to make. It takes maybe, maybe like an hour in total. Like if you include simmering time and everything like that. So, you know, that, and that I I think I said it, but it came off the New York times website and, you know, do serve that up with the, with the grilled cheese. And it's pretty hard to beat. Yeah, you can't beat grilled cheese and tomato soup, man. That's that's tough. Throw some yeah, bacon, yeah. throw some bacon in there. You're you're ready. Oh yeah, and it's and there's a bunch there's a bunch of stuff that's kind of in the in the in a more regular rotation, but uh, but really like I like trying new recipes and I just kind of search around. It's just something I kind of like a habitual downtime activity. It's like I'm just like sitting around, you know, watching TV or something that I don't really, I'm not really paying attention. I'm like scrolling through New York times or Pinterest or Traeger or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, that looks good. Maybe I'll try to make that. And it's just like squirrel. And then just like off in a new cooking direction here. Yeah. That's what I really like about it is the possibilities are literally endless. And I will say that you can score some really good brownie Mm -hmm. points real quick by knowing either how to cook, how to bake, enjoying cooking. I think, uh, you know, that might help you, in your relationships a little bit, score some points with your significant other. If you say, Hey honey, I'm going to, I'm going to cook tonight. That usually goes a long way. Yeah, uh, it does. And, you know, I, we were talking before, before we started recording here and I just started dating someone around, uh, right around Christmas time. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's scored some definite brownie points. I will say, uh, it's kind of turned into, uh, she's like claims to like not know how to cook. And, <laughs> uh, so it ends up, and I don't mind, but I don't mind at all, but, uh, I've cooked, I don't know. I'd say probably like an easy, like 90% of the meals that we've eaten, uh, which, which is fine. I love cooking. I love spending time in the kitchen and, you know, and I like cooking for people too. So it's, you know, it all works out and I have a Guinea pig now to other than myself to try out new recipes on. And, <laughs> but yeah, it's maybe that was part of, <clears throat> part of why I started getting back into cooking too. It's like, it's like, you know what, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in shape and, I'm going to get some major brownie points with the ladies. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's really worked until this point, but you know, 
hey, at least it worked. It just yeah. needs to work once. Yeah. You know? And, you know, if nothing else, I'm eating well. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and th- that's one of the things that you mentioned being able to share your food with other people, knowing that people are getting enjoyment out of what you created for them. That, for me, that's really cool. Being able to make a dish, or if I make cookies, or we make a pizza, whatever. Being able to share that with Sarah or friends if they're coming over, it's like, hey, yeah, I I made that. I made that with my hands, and now you're eating it. Like, that's that's a cool feeling. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me. We've uh, so like my whole family, like my sister, my dad, we can all cook, and we can all cook really really well. So maybe like a little over a year ago, we got this idea to, we decided we were going to start hosting dinner parties, but like we were shooting for like once a month, but that's kind of too much. So it's like, well, not that we operate in quarters, but maybe like once a quarter, like four times a year, have some people over, but have it like be a really legit, nice, like everything from scratch uh, meal. So, you know, we each invite, you know, a significant other, you know, if there's one around or, and then, you know, maybe a couple friends each or something like that. So maybe get like 10, like, eight to 12 people or so in, uh, uh, you know, in the house and have them over and just do like a really nice, like themed meal. So the first one we did last year was, um, it was in the spring and we did an Italian night. So we each kind of, we kind of divvied up, <clears throat> we kind of d- divided and conquered there. So I did soup and salad. So I did, uh, I, or I had the soup and the salad. So I had this like white bean and salami, like chunky white bean and salami soup that was, that was super good. We had it as kind of like a soup course, like an appetizer, but it was honestly like it could have just been its own meal. It was really hearty, but really, really good. And then I actually, that's when I started learning how to, um, how to make Caesar salads by hand, like make my own dressing and everything like that. Oh, so cool. had a nice Caesar with it as well. Like, I don't know if, did you ever go to Mark's brothers, uh, when you lived in Anchorage? No. So I would say like, it's arguably has like the best food in Anchorage and really their, their Caesar was their, uh, it's kind of their signature thing. They have Caesar salad making classes, which I, which I took last year and, and it gave me the, the grounding, the the foundation that I needed to, to really start making those. And and that's, and now I've kind of got it down to a science. So can whip it up pretty quickly when I need to, but, um, but anyways, back to the Italian night. So my, my sister made cannolis from hand. Uh, you know, the, if you've ever had one of those, it's, they're delicious. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, Oh, and then she put together a really nice like charcuterie board, and and my dad had the main course, so he like handmade like these. I think it's like a lamb ravioli um, with I forget what the sauce was, but it was like everything by hand, everything from scratch, like using like kind of like spending the money and getting really nice ingredients. So like I can eat processed, pre-made, pre-packaged food with the best of them, but like, but it really just doesn't compare to something you know made completely from scratch. Like if you have the time, it's it's the way to go. And then since then we, we've done a couple things. We've done a, a couple other dinners. So we did a, in the summer, we did a big barbecue, but like kind of like smokehouse, like Southern, like Texas barbecue kind of thing. Um, so that's when I made the brisket. My dad smoked a bunch of ribs. So like we had all these, like I, my sister took care of all the sides. So like it was still kind of like barbecue style, but like, but it was just one of those. It's like, we all just took a lot of time spent, you know, spent time researching the, uh, you know, different recipes and finding and tracking down these different ingredients and which was great. And then the last one we did was in the fall, right after we got back, we usually go to new England once, uh, usually like once a year or so, maybe once every other year, we did like a, a new England style feast with, uh, that menu's escaping me right now, but like, it was just really hearty fall food, like kind of really classic new England stuff. And we'd like lobster rolls and 
I know I made lobster rolls in like a creamed cod or something like that. Like it, and it all turned, it all turns out super well, but it's just really nice. Like, you know, spending that time in the kitchen with, you know, with my family, like, and being able to serve my friends and, and being able to serve my friends, just these really top notch, really good food. It's like, I don't work in a restaurant and I don't claim to be a chef by any means, but you know, between the three of us, we can, we can crank out a pretty good multi-course meal. Yeah. It sounds like it. You're making me hungry and I don't <laughs> like that right now. But one, one thing that you said that really stuck out to me there was you could eat processed food with the best of them, but there's no replacement for making something from scratch. That's, that's what Sarah and I have found going through this whole lifestyle change of how we've changed the way that we've eaten and made our food and what we're putting into our bodies. We're, we're really cutting out as much of that processed food as we possibly can. And Mm -hmm. so we'll make, like I mentioned earlier, we'll make pizza, but we'll make pizza crust out of almond flour or, um, you use either eggs and cheese and cream cheese to make a crust. And it tastes just like you would expect a pizza to taste like, except you're using better ingredients that aren't going to wreak havoc on your body. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I really appreciate about all this. Plus being able to spend more time in the kitchen, you're cooking together, you're doing an activity together. And even with you and your, with your lady, like I'm sure she's around if you're cooking, you know, that's extra time that you guys get to spend. And it's just, it's just a cool way to hang out with each other without feeling like you have to be sitting in front of a couch watching TV. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I think, I don't know, cooking is just one of those things to me. Like I I enjoy it so much. Like it's, it's a de-stressor for me and I really just, I, I enjoy good food and, you know, I don't always make the healthiest stuff. Like, you know, you make a, like a ravioli or something with like a brown butter sauce, which is exactly what you think it is it's just literally <laughs> brown just butter that is browned more or less that's seasoned and so i mean that's not like the healthiest thing by any means but it's still really really nice to know to know exactly what is in your food you know you you can exchange like like you and sarah are doing you're still eating a lot of the same things that you may have been eating before but you can exchange ingredients to really customize it to meet whatever you know, whatever your you know dietary restrictions are or uh you know your like life goals or lifestyle goals um you know, you can, you can switch out ingredients and there's almost always an alternative. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just because a recipe calls for something, I mean, you know, that might be ultimately I'll say maybe like the tastiest way, but it's not always the healthiest way. So if you're looking to eat healthy, there's a lot of healthy alternatives and, uh, things you can do ingredients you can incorporate that ultimately make it a more healthy, uh, a more healthy dish. And it's still going to taste delicious. Like, yeah. and it's not like the, you know, health, eating healthy is, I don't know, for me, it's like once I get into it and get used to the, and I just, I get used to eating that style of food again. It's hard to go back. It's super easy. Yeah. It's, it's hard to go back and it's just, it's super easy. It's not nearly as hard or time consuming or expensive or you don't sacrifice as much. Yeah. I think people get intimidated by eating healthier and they think that, oh, you're going to have to spend way more time preparing your meals and thinking that through. Well, yeah, you will have to spend some time actually planning out what you want to eat for that week. But this, but the process is still the same. You still have to go to the grocery store. You're just buying different products. And you're still making your food. You're just making different food that's better for you. I was out for three or four days out in western Nebraska. 
with a, with a good group of guys having a lot of fun, but there weren't a whole lot of fruits and vegetables around. And it was a lot of take and bake pizza. It was a lot of beer. It was a lot of um, tortilla chips and snacks that you may think of at, on a guy's trip. My body did not like me for three days. I, I had to go to the grocery store as, as we were out West and I had to I had to go out and just buy as much fruit as I possibly could because I just couldn't take it anymore. And that feels really weird saying out loud, especially to you as someone who we used to, uh, you know, we'd go out to eat all the time in college. We would drink a lot in college and seeing us now, like both of us kind of having that healthier mindset, it's, it's kind of cool how we're growing into that and finding out that we can do these things without sacrificing a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like my my diet and the things that I take in, it's it is the uh, basically complete polar opposite of what it was in college. Like my yeah, I'm with you. My body cannot handle uh, you know. Occasionally, I'll get like I'll you know, just be short on time or something. I'll grab like McDonald's and like I eat it and I'm just like I just I honestly I feel like garbage. Yeah. Like I and, and it's like immediate. Like and if even if like my body doesn't feel maybe doesn't quite feel it is bad. Like I'm just like sitting there like eating, like I'm like regretting every bite that I'm taking, like as I am <laughs> taking it. It's I can, I can, I can picture you in my mind, just sitting there with, with the McDonald's burger, just kind of crying a little bit, like <laughs> sad eating, like, Oh, I eat you so much, but I'm going to take another bite. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I feel sometimes too. Like I, I eat some, I eat some pizza on the trip and I was like, this is not going to be good. But uh, I was able to eat it and, you know, we're playing golf for three days. So the body's able to burn that stuff out. But I never thought that I would be in this place. I I really didn't. I never thought that I could could do this. But it's really it's really not that hard. And I will tell you, if if I can figure this shit out, you can figure this shit out. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. Sorry, before we leave completely leave the golf thing. Uh, So I've actually been golfing a few like the course has opened up here maybe like three weeks ago or so. Um, but like, I've already been out three times and I've actually, for the first time in a long time, like I'm, I'm doing my best to, to walk every round. So walk 18 or walk nine, you know, once or twice a week if possible. And then, uh, but like while I'm out there though, just in terms of the food choices and kind of, (laughs) I'll bring it back, (laughs) bring it back to our normal, our, our, our topic of conversation here is, you know, like, because I worked at the golf course for, at, a, at one of the courses up here for like six years. And, you know, I, I basically like lived off of like hot dogs and soda for those whole summer, those entire summers. Uh, and, you know, they, they'll always have a, a special place in my heart, probably blocking an artery or something. <laughs> but like the, uh, but now like when I go out, it's like, I'm actually like thinking it through before I'm going out there. It's like, okay, I need some snacks. Like, and like, I'm like, what can I bring out there? Like, cause I don't really want to buy food out. Like, I don't really feel like eating chips or, you know, hot dogs or whatever they've got there. So like, I've got like, like a, like a Ziploc bag full of like, like almonds or peanuts or like, you know, that kind of thing that I've got laying around. I'm not drinking soda. Like I don't really buy a lot of alcohol on the golf course anymore. Like I've got a, I've got a Nalgene bottle just you know full of water that, that I've got tucked away in my bag that I'm carrying with me and drinking as I'm, you know, as I'm walking. I mean, and by the end of it, you've walked like, at least that course, you know, you're walking like seven, eight miles yeah, um, yeah. and hitting and stuff. And, you know, you're outside and a lot of times it's you know, a little warmer. And so you're kind of sweating. And so, I mean, really by the end of it, like I'm not real gassed, like I feel good. 
anyways, it just kind of like a funny, like, kind of like just an interesting like decision making process and how that's changed, even out on the golf course and those in in those food and drink decisions that I'm making out there, like how 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 things have changed just at home have changed, you know, my decisions out on the course and just you know out to eat or you know anywhere else in general, really. Yeah, it changes a lot. We we have this bar that we go to here in Seward. It's called Rue Six, and it's really cool. It's on a second level right downtown Seward. It overlooks the square. It's a really neat spot. They have great drink selection. They have great food. But the problem is a lot of their food I can't really eat anymore. So I have to mm-hmm. I have to focus on maybe two or three different things that they make that I can actually eat. And since Sarah doesn't drink a whole lot, she'll drink some wine, but it kind of, it limits your choices, you know, when you go out. So you kind of have to have that in the back of your mind. Like, Hey, I'm not just going to go nuts here. I have to be selective of what I'm going to be putting in my body and knowing that there could be some repercussions there. If there's something in there that your body doesn't agree with. And what's crazy to me is when I, when I look back now at what I was putting in my body and Sarah and I talk about this all the time, we used to think that eating some of our foods were like healthier because oh, yeah. we thought they were healthier, but in reality, they're really not. Like you take a look at some pot and it all depends on your body type and your lifestyle and, and all of this. But for us eating pasta right now would pretty much be um, terrible for us. And we look back now and it's like, well, we used to think, you know, eating some of this was okay. I mean, for then, yeah, sure. But now we're trying to be a lot better. So we'll eat like spaghetti squash for our, for our pasta substitute. That's really easy to make. You pop it in the oven for what, maybe 40 minutes. You come out, you scoop it out. There's your spaghetti and it's all vegetables. You know, it's just easy things like that, that can really change things around without really trying too hard. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. The initial change in your diet, it's just kind of, it's hard, I think, more from like a process perspective. Like, you know, you just have to go about, just kind of like change your mindset on like what you're eating. Like you, like you said earlier, like what you're getting at the grocery store, like the, the recipes that you're making or, the you know, as opposed to maybe going out to eat or buying something that's kind of like prepackaged or pre-made that, you know, might not be the best for you. Like, like once you get past that, that initial like, I don't know, like the diet shock, shock culture yeah. shock, whatever it is. Like it's a, it's a really, at least to, for me, like it's, it's a really easy thing to keep going with. And I, I feel so much better when I do though, just physically. And I don't think it's like a placebo thing. Like just, I, th- I think I like my body just legitimately feels better in yeah. my head and like brain and like, I'm just functioning better. Mm-hmm. I can speak to that while I was on that golf trip. We played, uh, I played a lot of golf and I don't really play that much golf during the year. I'll go out maybe five or six times a year, maybe, but Mm -hmm. we played, I played like four or five rounds of 18 on this golf trip over three or four days. And each time we played it, we played 18 holes. Yeah. We had a cart, but I felt really good afterwards. Like it went fast. And usually when I play golf, by the time 18 holes are over, I'm ready to, I'm ready to just sit down and be somewhere, not on the golf course. But this year, I think it's cause I lost 40 pounds. I was ready to go again. Like, Hey, let's, let's mount up. Let's keep going. <laughs> and it, that, that kind of flipped the switch for me while I was out there too. It was, it was kind of weird. Yeah. No, it's, it's incredible. And like, I mean, it's 
same for me. I mean, I've been walking and you know, no big golf, no big golf trips, but so, you know, this year, but the, uh, but yeah, it's like, I just went out, you know, walked, you know, played the played around and maybe like four hours and walked. And it was really like, at no point was I, was I really like out of breath? Like I felt good at the end of it. Like I just walked more than, than I have in, in uh, some, some time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but like, I got to the end of it, like it felt great. Like, like, uh, went and played on Saturday this past weekend and, or about a week ago and, uh, came back, I ended up walking, at least according to my phone, like about eight and a half miles, I think. And, Dang. uh, and I came back and went on a, and then went on like a half hour, 40 minute bike ride. Nice. So it's, uh, I mean, not like a real like intense one, but still it's like, you know, plenty of gas left in the tank. Like, and, and I can say pretty, pretty definitively like seven, eight years ago, like maybe just not too long out of college. Like it's, that was not the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. I wouldn't have even made the decision to walk, to be completely honest with you. Right. <laughs> we would have been like, what's the, what's the quickest way to do this? Oh, ride a cart. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, what can we carry more beer in? Yes. Where well, is it e- easier to eat snacks? Yes. Sometimes I still think about the easiest way to drink beer, but that's okay. You can do that sometimes. <laughs> it's the 80, 20 rule. As long as you're good 80% of the time, the other 20%, just kind of writes itself off somewhere. Yeah, I like it. Josh, we've been talking about your prowess in the kitchen a little bit here. Did did things change for you after you got into your house? Yes. Um, I mean, there's a few fact, additional factors in there. Like, I was cooking a lot before, um, you know, when I was in my old apartment with my roommate and everything like that. But it was, uh, I mean, it's definitely gotten easier. I mean, yes, like everything in the kitchen now, it's mine. If I need it, if it's a tool that I need or ingredient that I need, I go buy it. I don't need to worry about, you know, somebody else screwing it up or losing it or, you know, eating my, (laughs) eating my food. (laughs) Not that it was like a huge issue before, but, you know, it did happen sometimes. Uh, You know, all the refrigerator space is mine. It's great. Um, But then also like we got into having one, probably getting into a relationship not long after. Like, so I did a lot of cooking there anyways. And then as I mentioned before, just with the coronavirus and COVID stuff, you know, we were pretty much stuck in the house. Like, like all the restaurants were closed. You could, you could do takeout at some of them. Um, so really like I went through since I moved in, like, especially over the last few months, I've, I've cooked just probably only like two or three days that I can, that come to mind, like where I didn't cook anything like, or that my kitchen was not used to cook something. And that's, uh, I mean, and to me, like, that's incredible. And it's really, like, changed. It's really been a great, like, habit changer kind of thing, too. Because, like, before, like, I, I love to go out to eat. And it, it was more of a social thing. It's always easier to not have to cook yourself. But but I like cooking, so it's really not a big deal. But now it's, like, you know, even though the, at least up here, like, kind of the, the main COVID scare stuff is, you know, it's still there a little bit. But, like, things are opening back up. The state's easing all their all their restrictions and everything like uh so we now we we can go out like we can go eat up eat somewhere go go to a restaurant but like we've had multiple times just in the last couple of weeks like since we've been able to do that that we're like yeah we should go do that we'll go to this restaurant we'll get that and then it's like comes down to it it's like you just want to stay here and like you just want to like you just want to cook something and eat here we're like yeah that sounds better (laughs) so like and now so now it's like eating out is just more it's just not even something that I really, that we even, that I, or, you know, we even feel like, like doing that much anymore. So 
I mean, the kitchen gets a ton of use and I was able to, you know, that was a big factor. And I meant, again, mentioned that I, we were talking about that. I, you know, I bought this place here right around a little before Thanksgiving, but like the kitchen was a big factor in, in what I, you know, in, in when I was searching for a house and, you know, it's got really nice, it's got nice appliances, new appliances. It's got a good cooktop, which is a good stove, which was something I really didn't have in my old spot. The old, my old apartment, it was like one of those, like, like an older coil stove. Oh, uh, electric yep. one. I remember those. And only, and only two of them worked. And, <laughs> and even those two, it was like, you had to have it adjust, have the, you had to have the little, uh, the coil adjusted like just right or else like it would heat up. It was just, it was a disaster. Um, I've got like everything I need. Like this is an important, like the kitchen is an important part of the house to me. So like, it's, it's not the biggest one, but it's more, it's not the biggest kitchen, but like the appliances are nice. It's got a lot of, uh, you know, for the size, it's got a lot of counter space. Uh, it's in good shape. It's a place that I enjoy spending time. So, you know, it was, that's why it ended up being a big priority for me when I was looking for and you know, buying a house. Yeah. They, they say that the kitchen is the heart of your house because that's where everybody gathers. That's where a lot of the conversations take place. That was something that was important to me and Sarah too, as we were looking at houses and we just kind of lucked into ours. Um, it was on the market. It was in our price range. It had everything that we wanted. And it was just kind of a home run, no brainer type thing. But we find ourselves in the kitchen a lot. And we just had that same conversation that you guys had about, well, we could go get takeout or we could go sit in the restaurant now, but I don't really feel like doing that anymore. I'd rather just keep making my own food and just kind of hang out here, which feels, I feel kind of bad because that's, money out of our local businesses pockets but i do feel like i'll be there drinking whiskey soon anyway so i'll i'll for sure make up for that revenue loss that uh, they're missing out on us tonight oh yeah for sure and like it actually like you know as we're spending more more and more time at home like we did kind of make it a point to uh you know we've each kind of we've got kind of a let's say similar taste in in restaurants that we'd like to go to so we we, we started making it a, a point to maybe like once a week, just ordering from those places and going and picking it up or whatever. So yeah, not necessarily because we you know, were like against, you know, we were fully against cooking or, or didn't want to spend the time in the kitchen, but it was more of like a, you know, support these places that have, that, that we've frequented a lot here over the, you know, the last several <laughs> years. So, you know, they've, they've been good to us. So, you know, help them out when, when they need it is almost you know more the outlook instead of, just like, screw it. We're going out to eat. We're going to, you know, drop 75 bucks on food and drinks and who knows what else. So right. it's nice. And it's a lot easier on the, and, uh, and also eating at home. It's, uh, oh, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You'd be surprised. I mean, yeah, sure. You spend a lot of money on groceries. Like we're, we're getting groceries on a weekly basis now, which is okay. Like we have what we need, but we're spending a lot of money on groceries but if you think about how much money you would be spending otherwise, it's really not that much. No, like, and like for me, for for a while, it was uh, like you're familiar with uh, Beartooth. Uh yes. <laughs> uh, not the theater, the grill side. Yes, but like I was there. There was a period of time I was there probably like three or four times a week. You know, thankfully I worked. I lived in a place that was quite cheap, uh, so <laughs> I had the. 
sort of semi-disposable income to spend a whole crap load of money in a restaurant. But I, I feel like I probably single-handedly like paid their, you know, paid their bartender's salary for, you know, for, for probably like a year and a half. <laughs> that's, that's probably what Reed and I did at Twin Dragon and you too. You were involved with that. Twin Dragon is this oh, yeah. Mongolian barbecue in Anchorage that was literally a block from my apartment in college. So it was our go-to. It was a Mongolian barbecue, plus they had Chinese food on the buffet. Oh my goodness. We could spend hours there. And it got to the point where we had a system of how to load your bowl, plus then get the Chinese buffet, and then get back to your bowl in time to pick it up off the grill. It was the way to do it. We had it down to a science, which is great. Until you started thinking about how much money we spent in that place and how terrible that food probably was for us. Yeah, but, you know, it could have been worse. At least it's an all-you-can-eat place. You pay one <laughs> one thing and it's as much as you want to eat. Kind of a double-edged sword, I guess, but... Touche, touche. Um, <laughs> so with this house buying process, I know it's tough to buy homes in some places because the prices just get outrageously high. What was the market like in Anchorage when you were looking at your house and what was that process like for you? Alaska housing prices in general are on the higher end. Like it's not, you know, not like you'll find in like Seattle or, you know, like one of those big metro areas. But what you get for the amount that you pay, it like your dollar doesn't go very far, really. But I, I don't know. Like, so I paid a little under, a little under 200 a thousand for this place it's a so it's about a thousand square feet it's a two-level townhouse i've got my own i've got like a small i've got like a one-car garage and i've got a small backyard that's fenced in which so i thought when i was when i was looking like and i've been looking on you know on zillow and those other sites for for years just kind of keeping an eye out not like seriously looking but just seeing what's out there and what i could afford so i had a kind of a checklist of things that of things that i that i wanted or things that I needed and things that I wanted. Like, yeah. so, you know, like, and I thought that I was, I would be able to afford like, and especially like as I kept living in like a condo or in, in an apartment and stuff, like I started realizing more and more like what was going to be more and more essential. And like living in Alaska, I had so much outdoor gear, like bikes and camping gear and I got a snow machine and or snowmobile to use no, lower 48 snow machine. Um, it's snow machine. Let the record state <laughs> it's fucking snow machine. Snow machine. <laughs> exactly. That's Continue. the conviction I want right there. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you know, so like you got all these toys, all this outdoor gear, because really, if you don't enjoy that stuff, there's no real point of living up here. Um, it's, uh, you know, so I just need space. So, for a while, I was like, well, I could do without a garage. Man, if I could have a fenced-in backyard, that'd be awesome. Like, have a place to grill, have people over, whatever. But I'm like, I could just, you know, get, like, a rental unit or a storage unit or something for my outdoor stuff or, like, maybe, like, an extra bedroom or something I can store all that in. And then the farther and further I got through into, like, the house buying process, and especially as I was starting to take stock of the stuff that I had crammed into my old, then current apartment, I'm like, no, like, garage – I have to have a garage, like not to park in. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, the hell with that. Like, I need to store all my shit. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, and and I was as I was looking, I, I ran across this place that I, you know, that I ultimately ended up buying, and it just it 
it checked all the boxes. Like it had, like we talked about earlier, it had the nice kitchen, a pretty open floor plan, like in terms of like living room, dining room, you know, dining area kind of thing. It had multiple bed. It had, you know, essentially two bedrooms. It had washer and dryer and it had a garage and a backyard. So like it just kind of like checked all those things. It was maybe a little higher than I was really looking to spend, but it was still one of those that was like within reach. And uh, I, I haven't regretted it for a second. It's, it's, this place has been one of the best, <laughs> buying this place has been like probably the best decision I've made in a very long time. And, you know, in terms of the buying process, mine was actually really smooth. Like I, I, I wasn't moving out of a, I wasn't trying to sell a house, which, you know, makes it easier to like you're, so you're not juggling two different processes, but you know, one of my, uh, now I consider him a you know, pretty good buddy. He's, he's a realtor. Uh, and I just been kind of talking, I'm like, you know, bottom of beer. And it's like, can we talk about real estate for a little bit? So, you know, went and went and grabbed a beer and he kind of walked me, talked me through the process of like, what would happen, the different steps and really just kind of like a, a really like no pressure, like situation. Cause you know, he makes his living off commission, right. Um, right. you know, off of what, he, off of what he sells and how much and everything. And I'm always kind of like leery about say going into business with friends. And I kind of consider this in there, like just in terms of like, you know, running a business can be stressful, can be hard. And, and, you know, entering into these agreements, like this massive house decision, like to, to me, like $200,000 is a lot of money. <laughs> like Fuck it's a yeah, big commitment and something I never done before, but like uh, I would recommend to like anybody going through this, that process to like, you know, find before you do anything, like find a realtor that you trust in yes. that, and, and one that you get along with because it's, I mean, you're going to be talking to them a lot. Like this guy that I had, he's like, he was, he was so good about breaking down every step and answering all like the little small, stupid questions that I had. Cause I just never having done this before. And then, you know, I'd be sending him properties that like, just like texting him at like, you know, eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And he's like, you know, he's probably just like playing video games or something or just like watching TV. And he just shoots me a tap and, and, he'd start like looking into it when he was there and sending me texts and answering my questions, like really whenever I had them. And I know like, it's maybe not like the best, like work life balance, but like, but like that responsiveness and that, that degree of trust and, uh, in just his patience with me really, like it made for a super smooth process and it just, it made everything easy. I waited for what I wanted. I was in a good you know financial place to do it and, and pull the trigger. So, I mean, it was just like the stars aligned and, it was, I don't know, it's, it's been fantastic. And especially being in this place, you know, without, you know, without roommates, having my own space and having it like be like a bigger space than I was in before, uh, you know, going through the, all the quarantine stuff. I don't know if I would have survived in the other place to be totally honest with you. <laughs> like, yeah. Having done it in this, like, it's just, it's made it so much easier and so much nicer. I don't know, like life changing. That might sound kind of, kind of dumb and obvious, but no, man. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you yeah. know, it's my first place and it's something I'm proud of. Yeah. And you, I'm sure you're taking care of it. Like it, like it is your own, you're caring for it. You're nurturing it. You're making it your own. Like that's, that's a cool step in your life. And you know, it's, it's cool being able to have that space. It's that step in your life where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm climbing the ladder now. I've bought my own home. I've kind of, I'm starting to get my shit together. Do you kind of feel like you're getting your shit together? this is the most I felt I've had my shit together ever. And like, I don't think it's my, my shit's always, I feel like my shit's always been mostly together, but there's always just certain things that were 
were missing or not quite right or whatever. I mean, it, you know, it's a process. Like I've had a lot of good happen and I've had, you know, just maybe slightly less bad happen like over the last several years, over the last maybe three, four, five years. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those like, just like, a, I don't know if it's like fate or just like a trust the process kind of thing. Or, I mean, I've really adopted a mindset that's like, you know, like, even though like crappy things might be happening, it's like, you just have to trust that like, if you kind of, like, if you stay the course and try to stay positive, like things are going to be okay. Yeah. So like, and you know, maybe this is a conversation for a different podcast or something, but like, so like four years ago, my mom got sick, you know, with, uh, with, she had brain, was diagnosed with brain cancer. So, I mean, that was really like the, the starting point for all of these changes that have taken place. And then, you know, like we've, you know, in terms of like, I had to, I had to endure a lot, but also like I changed careers and that career put me in a better place, a much better place mentally and financially like this, you know, than what I was doing before. Uh, it gave me the freedom to, you know, to start to travel, spend more time with the family and everything. And then, you know, ultimately like if this is the best place I've ever, that I have worked so far. So I'm much, I'm much happier there. I'm good with where I'm at professionally, uh, and then, you know, the, the personal life has gotten slow. It's been a process, but it's gotten slowly better. Like, you know, it got me into a position where I could buy a house. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a good and healthy relationship. That's, I don't know, it's going very well. Like, so hopefully it you know, keeps on like that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm slowly like, you know, just we talked about earlier, like changing a lot of my habits. So like, you know, gradually getting healthier and, you know, feeling good about that. So like, this is really the, the first time in a really long time that like, I'm just kind of content with where things are at, how things are going. Like there's certainly been hard times and struggles, but like, it's, it's really paid off. And I think, you know, it's changed kind of how I operate and probably the, the person that I am, but you know, everything has, you know, you know, for every like kind of valley that I've hit, like, you know, you just kind of start finding again and, you know, make it higher than you had before. I don't know if it's kind of, kind of cliche sounding, I guess, but no. it's uh but I mean, that's just, just kind of the process and how it's worked out. And, uh, and I'm very thankful for it. That's awesome, man. That's cool to hear out of a lot of my friends. You have always been the one who has had their shit mostly together, um, for a long time. And to hear that it's, it's even gotten better since then is really cool. Like, you know, you're in that good spot in a good job, in a good house and a good relationship. Like it's, it's Josh time now. And yeah, it's just one of those, it just gives me faith that like, you know, like things, you know, there will, there will be struggles, you know, in the future, you know, no doubt. But like, honestly, it's like, you know, some people go like approach life and approach everything with like, yeah, it could be worse, but I'm like, you know what? Like I have, I, I, I truly, I have faith that things, can always keep getting better oh, and like, sure. and not that it's bad now, but it's like, you know what? It's like, I see like where I was at 10 years ago, you know, when we were in college, it's been almost 10 years since I graduated college. Like, yeah. And just how different and how much, like, I didn't think my life was bad then, but like, it is so much better now. It's yeah. like, it's, it's just hard to believe. So it's, uh, and it's fantastic. I'm very happy with how everything has turned out and, you know, maybe I'm just lucky, but it, uh, I don't know, just seems like everything kind of happens for a reason. And sometimes it's hard to see those reasons, but eventually it, things exactly. seem to work out. And, and you've worked <laughs> your ass off in between that too. 
I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And I'm glad that we're able to do these types of things because, you know, we don't get to see each other very often and being able to hear some of those, some of those things and being able to hear kind of your mindset of always looking for the positive in things. I, I'm the same way. I, I have to find the positive. If I don't, I'm just going to be miserable. And who wants to go through life being miserable like that? I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, no, me, me either. There's no, I don't know, to me, there's no point in that, in that mindset. You know, sometimes things suck and it's hard to stay positive. And I certainly have my times where I'm kind of, you know, Eeyore negative kind of thing. Right. But, but ultimately I, you know, bounce back from it, rebound or work my ass off to make sure that things don't get that shitty again. So it's probably didn't really think about all that. At least some, a good portion of this year until we were, you know, started talking about it, but it's, <laughs> but I mean, it really is, it is true. Well, that's good, man. That's what this podcast is for. It's to open your mind. It's going to be a little bit cathartic. Get those feelings out. Process those feelings. We have lots to save. We have lots to cover for our next episode. And uh, I think we will be be able to do another one, at least five or six with the stories that we have. <laughs> um, is there is there anything else that you're kind of, it's kind of top of your mind before we, before we sign off of this one? No, man. Uh, I think... We covered a lot of ground, and like you said, there's still a lot of a lot more ground we could cover. That's that's for sure. Um, I'm, I'm glad Reed has covered most of a lot more of the uh, the older uh, stories that I'm sure he's going to tell a lot better than me. Um, but no, it's been really cool. I'm, I'm really impressed. You know, I really impressed with how you've uh, with how these episodes have been turning out. Like I, you know, you're obviously not new to uh, to interviewing and and whatnot, but it's. Uh, I came from, I worked in radio for the better part of a decade. So I know working with audio and doing this kind of stuff is, it takes some practice. <laughs> it takes some time, oh, yeah. and, uh, especially being on the production and, and interviewing side that you're doing awesome. I I've really enjoyed it. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. I'm still learning. I mean, I, I'm hoping to get to a point where these episodes take me 15 minutes to edit, but right now I don't see that ever happening <laughs> just because no, there's so much to learn to that point. <laughs> yeah. There's so much to yeah, learn and, and still a rookie. So I just, yeah. uh, I appreciate yeah, cool. you listening and appreciate the kind words, man. And thanks for hopping on today. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, I hope it turns out interesting in the end. Oh, well, of course it will. Perfect. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Right on, man. Talk to you later.